Welcome to the 181st episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, this week we're also joined by our friend and colleague, Daryl Schooler. Daryl, how are you? Good. Thank you. So, you gents both just got back from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. I thought we could spend a little bit of time talking about what you saw, what you heard, and really kind of what was the buzz of the show. How was it? You know, I haven't been in Barcelona for MWC in literally 20 years. I was way back when working for Obam, and they had a big European presence and went to it. Big show, a lot of buzz. And then there was no reason to go back for me because we've been so US-centric, right? But now with Daryl on board, we have become a global company again because we launched our our CSP, our communication service provider product line where we interview at least 100 carrier, at least quarterly about different things in the vendor space. And we're also bringing uh, the hustle index, you know, of how often do you hear from your vendors? to the vendor space. And so we are asking then all the carriers, how often do you hear from your vendors? It will be very interesting data. We have the first set of data because we have the second report in where we ask this. But anyway, so we had the opportunity of showing this to companies that typically don't come to the US and you know the Mobile World Congress former CTI show in, in the US has been slowly dying. I think we talked about that. And here we had like all the vendors and some show up at the same place and we could show our wares and get feedback and uh, that was very positive so i'm very happy about that but coming back to the show roger stop talking about yourself <laughs> right but i thought it was an, a very busy show very good buzz very impressed highly recommended we'll go again next year that's like in a nutshell of my impression. I would say having, you know, regularly gone up until COVID, overall, going into the show, the GSMA was talking about they were expecting 95,000 attendees, which it gets it pretty close back to 2019 levels from just the amount of people that Roger and I had to push our way through. I say they definitely hit that goal. Yeah. If not exceeded it. So I would say overall, just the environment, the energy, that the show definitely is back and impactful again. One of the changes, as we talk more about what our observations with the show, is that when I first started doing it, it used to be that the show was a place to make big announcements. Now, so many of the companies, they make their announcements the week before, and you spend your time discussing it once you're there, which honestly, for me, I appreciate it. Instead of being going to the conversation and saying, hey, what we just announced this, you actually have some time to think about it and have more uh, in-depth conversations. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed that as well. That I know you have been on like daily briefings about all kinds of announcements by all the vendors. But it was also very, very interesting, like what we've seen. And, you know, we've been invited to various events. and dinners and was just an impressive show was good yeah i was very happy and as everybody expected going in there was tons of ai talk 
So after hearing all the AI pitches, what's your take, Daryl, on where AI is with respect to mobile right now? Well, while a lot of people have AI up or they're talking about AI, most of them are not doing much with Gen AI yet. It's more of a roadmap item. And also where it is impacting most right now and people really focus on is really around customer experience and secondly, automation of some formerly manual optimization processes. In terms of it being like actually built in natively to the equipment, it's not there yet. It's five years away. It's more like in the research that we just published, there's a desire to make it native in 6G. So there's some time there. One really interesting announcement that did come out is that the announcement of the AI RAN Alliance, just focus on that in terms of how do you make AI and machine learning native into the next generation of infrastructure. But when we look at RAN, we're like, you know, we were at the uh, Samsung event on Sunday, right? This show officially starts Monday, but the first events are on Sunday. And Samsung had a very good event and brought TELUS, a carrier in Canada, as an example of their both traditional RAN and open RAN approach. And to give the listeners a little bit of backdrop, TELUS had Huawei equipment, and the Canadian government decided to outlaw Huawei equipment, just like the U.S. And in the U.S., it was small, small carriers, and in, in Canada, it's one of the three big carriers. And they had to rip and replace everything. So they used this with Samsung equipment, both the traditional architecture and then the latter part, full stack, with the exception of with the Rick, right? The Rick is from, that will remind me, we met with them too, Juniper, right? Yes. But everything else, I think, is Samsung. And by the way, this seems to be the trend. But one of the things that Samsung said is, yeah, we're at like 99.9% .9 of the Shannon limit. AI will not make a meaningful impact, right? Yes. Yeah, and the other thing is like, you know, AI is, is making an impact, by the way, here in the United States, Verizon launched their self-serve online customer service with a chatbot. And what's really interesting is we saw an initial drop in online self-help satisfaction, and then it popped back up, which is really interesting because that's what you would expect of a system that is constantly learning. And it was like taught, and then now the system learns and gets better, better. So. It's one of the things we look very closely at, and based on on what we saw in uh, in Vegas, we're also going to launch an AI module where we're going really deep down in AI on our business service. And if there is enough demand, and you know, if half of the buzz turns into demand, then we, we will even launch an AI service, which will be exciting. You know, one of the things that we think of here in the U.S. in terms of network deployment is, you know, we're pretty much done with 5G deployments as they are, right, in terms of the major C-band deployments. No, we're by far not done. We're by far not done. We're getting there, right? We're a lot further along than the rest of the world. What was the perspective on things like standalone or 5G advance, et cetera, that you guys were hearing from other operators around the world? Well, Daryl and I were at a T-Mobile event where they talked about it, right, Daryl? Yeah. 
I mean, I was going back to the American thing. I will say one of the takeaways is that I also got from other discussions when it comes to standalone such as that. The rest of the world is looking towards the United States, honestly, with the exception of China. This market here where we are is considered really the leader in 5G deployments. You know, in terms of the number of operators here, we're much further along than standalone. So they're actually looking a lot towards here for examples and guidance on how to get to that point. Yeah, and we are also the leader in Open RAN. What was interesting in the Deutsche Telekom presentation and their management board tech head, Claudia Neymar, was speaking, I thought it was very interesting that on one hand, they already launched slicing. But when it comes to Open RAN, what was very interesting, it was like, yeah, we'll have whatever many sites by 2027, right? So there's the saying that the future is already here. It's just unevenly distributed. And I think we're seeing that in wireless where it's bits and pieces, right? Yeah. Some carriers have already slicing. Others are further ahead with Open RAN. I think the leaders when it comes to Open RAN, especially with DISH, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good reminder that two things. One, when it comes to wireless, the answer to any question is really it always depends because as we try to communicate ideas, historically they can criticize you know, the analyst industry or whatever in terms of everything is like a hockey stick or whatever. And at times it gets that way, but every operator really has a different approach to how they get there in a different timeline. Whether some operators, when it comes to open, they start, you know, they want to virtualize their network, cloudify their network, then go open, or do they want to open, then try to cloudify the network, or the same, you know, with the 5G stack going to SA, where does that fit into their timelines as well? So there's always a lot of difference there. One of the other things also came out is just the continuing challenge with SA. I still get the sense it's going to take a while because operators, you know, they want to monetize 5G, but they don't want to invest in standalone core until there's a commercial reason to do so. But then they'll never actually monetize 5G unless they do do the core. One of the big things and one of the objectives that they continue to see the development in the mobile ecosystem is really continuing to build the partnership and building the alliances to create enough volume to make it easier for everybody to deploy the standalone and monetize it quickly. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys saw at the show that was interesting or notable that the viewers or the listeners should know about? Well, I think, you know, on the API side, there's still progress there, that there was definitely a lot of discussions going on, lots of demos on how to use API, use API to support slicing. You know, there was a developers conference going on there at the same time for hacking as well to try to build up that side of the equation. And I think on the network side, the operator side, technology side, there's a lot of interest, but they're still doing a lot of work trying to get the actual developers of those applications involved. And that seems to be where there's quite a lot of focus this year. Right. So kind of building the groundswell movement such that there's enough developers out there that are familiar with the APIs and the technology such that they can build interesting new things. Absolutely. And then for people to figure out which lane they're going to play in, I mean, because there's obviously going to be some people that are going to say, we don't plan to develop a ton of APIs, but every API is going to be high value. While there's other approaches such as you see from AWS, where it's like, we have lots of developers, so we're probably going to have a high volume, but the revenue per transaction is going to be a lot lower. 
and base it off of just the volume of transactions. And you see, see operators, you know, looking at both paths going forward too, because both of them just kind of depends on what their objectives are or where their customers are. Yeah, fully agree. Well, my takeaway is go to Barcelona. It's a great city, great event. We stayed like block off La Rambla and it took us about half an hour, 45 minutes with a free public transportation that is provided with the pass. So highly recommended as a destination. Absolutely. And for, for conferences. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.